This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. everybody. I am Glenn Geek in Ocala, Florida. Hi, and I'm Lisa Graham. I'm coming to you live from the Calgary Stampede in Woo-hoo! Alberta, Canada. Yeah, exciting. You're listening to a special heavy horse episode of Horses in the Morning on Horse Radio Network. We're proudly presented today by the Draft Horse Journal for July 6, 2017, episode number 1733. This episode is brought to you by the 2018 World Clydesdale Show. Good morning, heavy horse world. Good morning. As I promised, we are going to have a class that is second to none. We are going to be bringing in the Clydesdales, the Belgians, and the Perturans in the arena. Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on Draft Horse Day here on Horses in the Morning. For new listeners, Horses in the Morning is with you five days a week. Jamie and I, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. But on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we do special once-a-month episodes. And I am proud to say that the Draft Horse episode was the top episode again last month. Amazing. Awesome. Thank you to our listeners. Going number one on on a network that reaches out to so many people. That's awesome. Well, it just says that you bring a lot of draft horse people to the show, and we really appreciate that. If you want to join us the other days, we're here too. But uh, obviously, (laughs) draft horse people like to hear about draft horses. And of course, I'm one of those. So I love the fact that you guys are almost a year old now uh, doing the show. Next month, right? August will be uh, last August. We came to you live from Wisconsin State Fair, and that was our was our kickoff show. And like you and I just talked, we got to do something special next month, celebrating a year in this. And we've gained listeners, and we, we've gained friends, and our Facebook accounts have have skyrocketed. So it's it's been great, and I can't believe it's been a year already. Me either. It just seems like we just started this. <laughs> It does. It just flies by. But th- so that's how it all works. You can listen to us at horsesinthemorning.com. The live feed is there on Horse Radio Network's app, iOS or Android. Just search for Horse Radio Network and you can listen live from our app. That's how most people do it now. And then, of course, uh, if you want to listen to the recorded version, you can do that later in the day. Yeah, and I'll post that. that on I'll post that on our Facebook account too that where you can go in. It'll be this afternoon where you can go in and just click and listen and all those episodes are are recorded and you can go back and listen to our very first one where you and I just talked earlier we laughed about one of my first guests I saw yesterday and he said, "Oh, I just sounded so bad." And I said, "Well, you can have a retreat. You can come back and do it again." And he just he just laughed at me, but it's <laughs> it's neat to go back and listen to those old episodes. Uh, we we don't like to go back and listen to our first episodes here 6 years ago. It wasn't so good. It was like so well, I know exactly how he feels. We're we're still trying to do this every every month. So, I mean, you know, don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. Well, Jennifer is our, our producer, and she's going to tell us what is coming up on today's show. We have a lot of youth coming in. Coming up on today's Heavy Horse episode, 
we're focusing on the upcoming generation. That's right. Tomorrow's horsemen, horsewomen, farriers, breeders, exhibitors, and even promoters. All three of the guests today are under the age of 19, so we're going to find out what it's like to be growing up in the heavy horse or draft industry and what they hope to see in the future for those horses. So stay tuned for the fray, folks. Thank you very much. There's uh, a bit of housekeeping I have to do for the Horse Radio Network, if you don't mind, Lisa. Not at all. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy, happy birthday to you. <laughs> I have a very special birthday today uh, for a person whom... Which, if she wasn't in our lives, we wouldn't even have the Horse Radio Network. We wouldn't be here at all. And that's my first co-host, Helena, from the Stable Scoop Radio Show. We started this baby in August of 2008, so nine years ago. Uh, and without her, we wouldn't be here. She was my first co-host, still is co-hosting every week for the last nine years on the Stable Scoop Radio Show. So she's a good friend of ours. We love you, Helena, and happy birthday. And and I heard you broke her heart by not hitting her actual birth date. No, that was somebody else. Oh, that gotcha. Was... <laughs> oh, gotcha. I break hearts see, all over the place. See, yeah. see, people just want to hear you, you yes. send out their wishes. <laughs> That's what I do. I am so excited for where you are. It's been on my bucket list forever since I've known about the Calgary Stampede to go to Calgary. And you're there. I'm coming to you live from Calgary. I'd like to thank the good folks here at the Stampede office. They've let me come in and, and hook up to their system. And so we're doing, I said to you, this is probably the furthest I've ever broadcast, but it's the best connection. It is. So. You sound great so far. <laughs> knock on something. <laughs> we're doing good. But yeah, I got up really early, you know, because we're we're two time zones away from you and Ocala. So I got up a little early this morning and just walking into the facilities and just seeing the grandstands. I mean, there's nothing in them, of course, right now, but the grandstands just kind of give you the chills because by tonight, right? Yeah, they're huge. And and the people just crowd in and, you know, the draft horses are a huge part of the Calgary stampede. People come to see, we're going to be crowning the world champion six horse hitch, which again, it's not actually a world show, but if you, make the trip to Calgary and you compete in the six horse hitch, it is known as the world champion of Calgary. So people will, will flock into the saddle well, dome to, and get, to see that. Before we get too much further, for people who have, have never heard of the Calgary Stampede from around the world, can you kind of describe the whole thing, what the whole show is and how popular it is? Well, it there will be probably 2 million guests that go through here. It runs July 7th through the 16th, so it's it's a long time. Um, they're celebrating over 100 years. You know, a few years ago, they had the floods that went through on their 100th anniversary that kind of damaged some of the facilities. So that just prompted them into redoing and recreating and making more modern places to show every breed that you can think of for being light horses to the cows and the sheep. And it's, it's a lot of commercial too. You can walk around, there's carnivals, there's uh, exhibitions, but it is basically about education and agriculture. And you can bring your family here and you can spend all day going through the barns and, and getting educated, touching the animals, being up close. But like I said, it is the granddaddy of all. They they bill it as the biggest outdoor rodeo, the biggest outdoor event. And one of the best things here that people come to watch are the chuck wagon races. 
Yeah, that's what they're known for, right? I mean, that's... Oh, my stars. Coming up from the campground this morning, there there had to be 40 or 50 wagons, you know, lined up back by the barn where where they saw those chuck wagon horses. But when they're in the arena... They're not pulled by draft horses, just to clarify... Uh, right. right, they're 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 light horse crosses, and they are built for almost speed. ponies, right? Yeah, a little bit bigger than a pony, but I tell you, it's about speed. I mean, literally, the dirt flies when they make their way around, and and you, the excitement that they bring to this place is just amazing. But you know, we're we're in the heart of Canada. We're in Calgary, Alberta, and it is just as much a social gathering as it is. I mean, people from all over, I mean, such a diverse community. You're see, you're seeing people that come over from Australia and England because the stampede is, is just something like you said, it's on a bucket list. Everybody needs to come to the stampede once and you can see the heritage, the Indian heritage. Um, one thing I was watching them move in yesterday was all of the blacksmith equipment because they have blacksmith competitions and, and they're molding shoes and they're, they're making, um, iron items and you know there's country music stars there's the carnival there's the rodeo if you are anybody in the rodeo business you come to calgary to gain points for your division you know from saddle bronc to to the barrel races full rodeo every night and and it goes hard and heavy every day from july 7th through the 16th so be on your bucket list fly in it's it's a direct flight from many points um it's awesome. Like I said, coming in this morning and just seeing the chill, it was a little chilly this morning, got 95 yesterday, but chilly this morning, but just walking in and seeing those grandstands and, and I'll be posting some pictures and, you know, in addition to the draft horses that are here competing, the Budweiser Clydesdales are here. So they're going to go into the rodeo. They're going to go through the parade and, um, just represent our breed well as well. Now you brought horses, right? Are you showing or are you announcing or what? I am up here showing with wearing shires. So um gonna be driving ladies' cart, which my son's laughing at because I haven't driven in a competition class for twenty five years since I started <laughs> announcing horse shows. And he says, you know, you haven't practiced, you haven't done this. They said, Hey, it's like riding a bicycle. <laughs> Get in, smile. And, and it's gonna be weird know. hearing somebody announce your name. I know it will be very weird, but you know, one of my mentors, Mr. Bruce Roy is the announcer here and he's been a, a Calgary stampede volunteer. He's the longest volunteer in history at Calgary stampede. And, and if there was everybody, anyone that I could say, I want, I always wanted to be like, it was Bruce, Bruce Roy. And so, yeah, it will be neat to be in the saddle dome and whether you're first or last, you know what, you're in there, you're having fun and, and I guess that's what it's about in our industry, having, fun, having fun and showcasing the animals. Now you took you drove up uh, with the horses, right? And it took a how long did it take you to get to Calgary? Because it is kind of in the middle of of Canada. <laughs> it like, it is. Well, yeah. my my adventure was a little longer than most because you know we're in we're in central Illinois and Austin was showing horses in Ohio and he got in about midnight. Did we did laundry? We left for the airport at four a.m. Flew from. Chicago to Salt Lake City, rented a car, drove to Idaho, got in the semi and drove 15 hours up here. So (laughs) (laughs) it was quite funny. And I had it on Facebook and everybody was laughing. I said, you know, good thing we do radio instead of television because it's not been a pretty day. (laughs) (laughs) That's the reason we do radio every day. Trust me. (laughs) Exactly. But yeah, coming up, coming up to the stampede, like you said, it's on a lot of people's bucket list. And just make it happen because it is so worth 
so worth coming up here to see it. Now, are the uh, are, are there written draft classes as well as driven? Have they incorporated that into the stampede at this point? No, but there is halter classes. You know, mm-hmm. each breed shows separately. So there's a there's a great show for the Belgians, Pertrans, Clydesdales, and Shires, and then. The hitch classes are separated as well until it comes to the bigger classes, and then they combine to to crown that world champion. And I believe there's going to be nine six-horse hitches going for the title this year. Wow. And that's a long way to go for some of them that live in the southern it reaches. Is. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is. You know, like I said, um, Waring Shire's coming out of Idaho. Express Clydesdales are here all the way from Yukon, Oklahoma. And then it's nice to see a lot of the locals here that when we're down in the States, they don't get the chance to come down there. So it's nice to come up here and and see some of the hitches that you maybe follow on Facebook or, or know the drivers or the owners. So yeah, it's a, it's a well-rounded group here. I was looking through the draft horse journal yesterday, actually. And I was surprised that even I always look at the advertisements and draft horse people have more horse auctions than any other people. <laughs> Light horse people don't have horse auctions compared to draft horse people. And there's quite a few in Canada. So draft horses really must be big up there. Yeah, they are. And and such a heritage. A lot of the families, you know, it's four or five generations. And, and when you come here to the Stampede, especially these... Um, Alberta families or or the Manitobas, it, it's family. I mean, you you easily see three or four generations here, um, you know, having having a great time and showcasing. It's like it's like the state fair. It's like the old international in Chicago. Everybody comes together to Calgary and and uh, and great I, time. I I love uh, from the pictures. It also is beautiful. I mean, that's the other thing. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And like I said, based about agriculture, if you, if the city folks are coming to Calgary, they're going to get to touch a lamb. They're going to get to touch a piglet. They're going to get to go, um, right off the side of the draft horse barn is, is horse world and they can go see all the different, and, and they are actually have different breeds of horses in there. So they have a representative. If you want to go see a Tennessee Walker, if you want to go see a quarter horse, you can, you can go into the horse alley. And I think that's what it's about educating everybody. Very cool. Very cool. Well, your first guest is ready. We're going to uh, take a dive into learning a little bit about about the youth in the in the draft horse world right after we hear from our good friends at Shipshawana. Shipshawana Harness and Supplies in the heart of draft horse country in Shipshawana, Indiana, is your source for everything draft horse. Their large inventory of in-house crafted harness, halters, and show bridles, showtime blankets, sweats, wagons, and carts, horse care products, and even shoeing supplies will fill the needs of the heavy horse hobbyist, the horse farmer, the heavy horse exhibitor, and the horse pulling competitor. You can find them online at shipshawanaharness.com, as well as on Facebook at Shipshawana Harness, or you can give them a call at 260-768-768. 7254. Just ask for Bob. Shipshawana Harness and Supplies, your source for everything draft horse. Well, our first guest this morning is joining us from the great state of Minnesota. I'd like to welcome Bailey Reamer. Bailey, how are you this morning? 
I'm good. How about you, Lisa? I'm good. And let me just say, this makes me feel very old because I remember the day you were born. So now to have you (laughs) on the show, you're making me feel really old today. But I have to say, when when we were talking, the producers, we were talking about the guests that we were going to have, and we kind of went with the theme that school's out, summer's here, and and there's so many youths that are making big strides in our industry, and we were talking about what guests we were going to have, and instantly you popped into my mind, because like I said, I've watched you grow up in this industry, and um, I've known your your mom and dad, Randy and Stacy all of our adult lives. So we're going to give a little history on Miss Bailey and how you started in this draft horse industry. I know that you grew up with your family working on the Ames Pertrand farm in Jordan, Minnesota. And, and that kind of gave you every day you had an opportunity to go to the barn. And, and I know that you were one of those kids that you'd rather go to the barn than anywhere else. So you've, you've been yeah. a great, You've been a, a great driving force in, in the showmanship classes, but give me a little highlight about what your first memory is of going into the show arena. Well, I'd say my first memory was probably at the draft tour show where I first started, like first time I ever drove in a class was. I've always had great memories from there. Yeah. Brit Brit Draft Tour show was always good for a lot of memories for all of us. You know, like you said, the youth were a big, yeah. big, big part of the of the Brit Draft Tour show. But so you started out and you drove cart and does cart make you nervous? Is cart your favorite? I like cart the best. Actually I like cart and team. I don't know. <laughs> well, you <laughs> Like I said, you, you've done very well. And do you remember the first time you went to the National Pertrin Show? I do, yeah. It was in 2015. Yeah. Hey, I Bailey, won the National. Bailey, I just wanted to tell you, make national- sure you talk right into your phone because you're cutting in and out on us a little bit. Okay. Okay. All um, right. So, at so, the, <laughs> at it was the 2000 2015. Yeah, and, and then I I won the National show, Youth Showman overall, 2015 and 2016. Oh, back-to-back and champions. So that was a, yeah. Well, overall, tell us about that. <laughs> to be an overall champion, you have to show halter and drive in the cart, drive in the team, do the decorating. And so the decorator, yep. Oh, and decorating. I know you're you're a good braider because I've seen people come in to find you to help them <laughs> help them get horses ready. Yeah. That's very good. Well tell yeah, us I a really little enjoy braiding. Well, and, and like I said, you're very good at it. Give us a little history about <laughs> you go in and you win these titles, but how did it start? Many hours at home with mom or dad in the car or or how did how did you decide, you know, I'm gonna go for the gusto and, and hit all of these classes and try to be this winner? Well, I've like I've always gone out and drove with my dad, and he's let me drive a lot, and he'd rather me drive sometimes. And then I like just main roll a lot at home, practice, 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 and showmanship too, and pretty much everything. I practiced a lot, and wow. and you like, have driving horses. Well, you have get them worked. And, you kind of have a versatility because you get to work with, um, as you were growing up, you worked with the Ames Pertrins, but also Uncle Brad. Uncle Brad was uh, a big influence, yeah. I'm sure, as well. Brad Schreiber and Clint. Um, your mom 
grew up showing Percherons. So are Percherons your favorite breed? Yeah. 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 All right. And, and I know that when it comes to school, you, you're very, um, good honor roll student and you're active in sports and a lot of extracurricular activities, but let's say it comes a day when there is a sporting event or horse show, where are you going to go? Um, I, right now I'm kind of in the middle, but I'd say horse show horses have always been my main thing. I see. So what I love. <laughs> hey Bailey, so, I, I also see in the pictures that uh, you ride a lot um, on the Percherons. Yeah. Do you do you do you really enjoy riding? Yeah, I do like riding. I have two of my own core horses that I just ride for fun. I don't. I go to like some game shows, but not real competitive like I am with the draft horses. Does it seem weird when you get off a draft horse? I notice you ride bareback a lot too. Does it seem weird when you get off a draft <laughs> horse and then onto the quarter horse? Does it feel like you're getting onto a pony? Eh, sometimes. Well, usually I don't ride the same, like, same exact day on like draft horse and quarter horse, but kind of used to it. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> so we're going to talk about how you you have this love for the draft horses, and this is a question we're going to ask all of our guests today. Who has been your influence or your mentor in, in getting you more involved in showing and showcasing the love? Um, I'd say my greatest mentor is my dad. Oh, He's Ray, really pushed me in. Yeah, your dad is Randy, good guy. Like I said, worked for Ames for many years, but also your dad grew up with Belgians. So how does he feel when you say that mm-hmm. Percherons have your heart now? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, well, if we're, ta- we're talking the future. You, you've been a champion at the national show. You've been the high point youth. And where do you want to be in 10 years? What are, what are your goals, both horse and outside of the horse world? Where are you going to see yourself in 10 years? Well, I'm not really sure what I exactly in 10 years, but I want some type of education in agriculture and equine. And I know draft horses will be main point of my life. <laughs> All right. Now, I understand. So give us a little history, too. Where where are the pros and cons of, and, and I'm, I'm going to use the term automatic horse. When you go into the show arena and you have, let's say, a big fancy gelding and he's trained to the perfection, is it easier to show a horse that is automatic or is it a little easier to take a horse that you're, you're working actually having to work in the class? Well, I feel like that having like an automatic horse who will set up and whatnot right away, like it is nice, but it also doesn't give you a big challenge, but I, I like a little in between. So so uncle Brad's horses give you a little challenge. (laughs) Yeah. A little bit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right. Well, we we are just thrilled to have you on today. And I said before, you, you've been High Point Youth. You're continuing. I see that you kind of get lent out. I'll see you come in with one hitch, and then I'll see you back in the barn braiding for somebody else. And and I guess that's that's what's kind of fun. You're, you're constantly changing. Yeah. yeah I'm Good. mainly going to be helping Brad this year. 
I'm actually down here in Plainview right now for Brookings tonight. So, oh, show's coming up today, tomorrow, right? The show in Brookings. Yeah. Oh, Slayton. 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 Absolutely. Well, it has been an honor to having you with us. We're going to wrap up because we have a big show today, but I want to congratulate you on all of your past awards, 2015 and 16 all around youth at the national Pertrin show and very active with your family and school. And, and we're honored to have you in our draft horse industry and we can't wait to see what the next years bring for you. Thank you so much, Lisa. All right. Have a great show. <laughs> Thanks. Well, in just 16 months, the World Clydesdale Show will be returning to the, uh, I always say it strong. How do I say it again? Alliant. Or is it Alliant? <laughs> it's Alliant, actually. The Alliant, Alliant <laughs> Energy Center in Madison, Wisconsin. We always get that wrong. In, in Madison, Wisconsin, where it was held in both 2007 and 2011. The Madison area is a great city to embrace the 2018 World Clydesdale Show. With camping on site and hotels within walking distance of the facility, more than 800 Bonnie Clydes will be on hand in the latest state-of-the-art facilities, totaling 290,000 square feet of indoor space, replacing the nine former ag barns. Plenty of space for arenas, brand new box stalls, pre-function areas, vendor spacing, and more. The Breed's Best will be on hand to partake in well over a hundred competitions. Mark your calendars, make your plans, and set your goals for the World Clydesdale Show. Stay abreast of the updates of the 2018 World Clydesdale Show at the, on their website at for the Clydesdale Breeders at Clyde USA, ClydesUSA.com. That's Clyde's plural C L Y D E S USA dot com, and I assume you'll be there, set up and and uh, doing your I'm, thing. Absolutely, and I, I was bet. just up there. We just had a meeting. Um, the, I'm part of the committee for the World Clyde Still Show, and we just had a meeting um, a couple weeks ago up in Madison. And all I can say is, wow, we we are just you know a little over a year away, but it is rolling right on track. We're so excited. We, we got to go tour the facility and I think this is going to be one of the best ever. We, we've got some new and exciting things coming. Um, I, I just tell you the facility is second to none. And I hope you do get to come visit us during that world Clydesdale show, but entertainment horses, the whole activity, it, it's going to be a tremendous show. Sounds good. And again, the website is Clyde's USA. Dot com to find out more. And your next guest is ready. All right. We're going to continue with our youth spotlight. We're now going to go live to Springfield, Illinois, and we're going to talk to Miss Hannah Johnson. Good morning, Hannah. Good morning. Well, Hannah, I have to say you are one of the most smiliest, fun exhibitors I have a <laughs> chance to work with. And and again, when we were picking on our guests who were who were going to be on instantly you came to mind because I know that you have a passion for the Clydesdales and you are one determined young lady. You're, uh, you know, where, you know, where your future is going to take you and, and horses are going to be in it. So give us a little history. Mm-hmm. I, I know you are a third generation working with your family's Clydesdale. So give us just a little history about Hannah and how you fell in love with the Clydesdales. Well, I've always been like a part of, my family's horses like I've, I've been going out there forever I've always been hands-on 
And I started showing when I was 10 because that was the age that I started at. And ever since then, I've been hooked and I don't want to leave. <laughs> I love them so much. So well, Hannah I, has a documentary about her that I watched this morning on YouTube. Uh, yeah. Uh, who, yeah. What 18-year-old has a documentary done about him? Hannah does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, my friend Stephen, he uh, needed a video for his college class. So he was like, Hannah, you want to make a video? And I'm like, well, heck yeah, I do. So we just made a video. We went out there and put it on YouTube. So I didn't realize it'd be that popular, but a lot of people have seen it. It so. looks good. Yeah, you're a YouTube star now. Well, a, a cute girl a cute girl in Clydesdales. Who's not going to want to watch right, that? Right, yeah, two beautiful <laughs> things in the same video. It always works. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think what is kind of neat, too, with, with Hannah and your family, you live in town, and you have a barn mm -hmm. um, not far. So... Your family is very dedicated, whether it's windy, rainy, snowy, whatever. You're making your trip out um, to the barn every day, a couple times a day, take care of the horses. And that's mm -hmm. kind of like kind of like a reprieve for you. I bet I can just see you smiling on the drive out there every day to, to get out there and take care of those horses. Yeah, we go out there twice a day, sometimes three if it's like really hot and we just want to put them inside. And every every weekend we stay out there for like six hours and we just work them every day. So. And we have to give a shout out to your parents, Mitch and Renee. I know they've been oh, a big yeah. influence as well as your grandma and grandpa, uh, Dennis and Linda. That's where your family name, Lyndon Clydes, um, comes from. Yeah. But Glenn, you're going to get a kick out of this because our producer, Lynn Talene, has teases me about this all the time. But, you know, Hannah, you and I have something in common. It just happened about 30 years apart. You, How I really got to, to know you best is you were the Illinois draft horse queen. So yes, I was 2013 and 14, you know. Oh, good God. Do you want to know what year I was? I got to wear that beautiful <laughs> crown. Yeah, we want to know. Uh, what year? <laughs> it was in the 80s. It was in the early 80s. We'll just go for that. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> so I still have my crown and I know when you're old like me, you'll still have your crown too. So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> but we're, yep, I still, I still do. <laughs> so. Well, we're going to get right into this because when I'm traveling around announcing, I never know what I'm going to see Hannah Johnson coming into the arena with. I've seen you with the Clydesdales. I've seen you with miniatures. I've seen you with halflingers and mules. So you, you kind of are all around the board. And, and what is your favorite? Um, I'm going to say halflingers. I love yep. them. They're awesome to show. They're amazing. Yep. Why? Yep. Why is that? I don't know. It's just something about them. I just like to show them. They're just—I don't know. I've, Very I've versatile. For like four years. Yeah. Yeah. Halflingers well, is one of those breeds too. I think that probably most of our listeners who aren't into ponies or drafts will have, you know, will very rarely come across a halflinger. Uh, so, what is it about their disposition that you like? Um, I don't know. I just think I like showing them because the people I show with too, like they just make me feel at home. I'm like, I'm a family and I just really enjoy showing with them. Well, I, I yeah, did. I that's, that's what really hooked me. You show with the Mangles family from Missouri. And I sent a message over and I said, tell me about Hannah and how did you get Hannah as part of your crew and, and you know, blah, blah, blah. And they sent back and they said, well, she came to one show and she was good help. And we told her right then 
you're with us. Don't make any more plans. So I know they love having having you as well. But we're going to focus mm-hmm. on the draft horses and the Clydesdales now. So as Glenn said, you have done a documentary and you know exactly what your future is going to be. You've now graduated high school. Um, you're going to go on to college. But give us your 10-year your plan on, on where your life's going to take you with the draft horses. Well, I'm going to SEMO to um, major in ag, ag business animal science. So I could definitely see myself going into a company and doing something ag-related, or I could see myself working at Budweiser Clydesdales or something like that. I could, that's been one of my dreams. Right. And, and Grant's farm or on one of the hitches. So. Aren't they set up right beside you? Uh, you could get put at a plug for her there, Lisa. Yeah, yeah, they're right beside <laughs> me. The, the the West Coast Hitch is here with me in Calgary. I'll put a plug in because I, I was laughing. They do have an intern with them here, and I was trying to visit with him last night, and he said, I'm I'm not a horse person. He said, I'm just doing this as an internship. And instantly I thought, Hannah wants to be there. <laughs> yeah, I could be there right now. <laughs> exactly. So Grant's farm is more like the breeding facility. Is is that something you mm-hmm. take an interest in, or, or do you like the babies and the breeding part? Yeah, I do. I love the babies. I could definitely just see myself working there. But I also would want to be on, like, the hitches, too. Like, I don't know which one I would do. They're both great opportunities, so. Right. And what is the, what's the biggest hitch that, that you've driven? Oh, I've just driven a team. I haven't driven anything else. I would like to drive maybe a four unicorn at some point, but I haven't got up to it yet. Oh, I see. So is there one horse yeah. that is there one horse that sticks out that's been your favorite in, in the Clydesdales? Uh yes, my horse Haley. She's always been my number one. I've been showing her in halter and cart. I show her in team. I ride her too, so I do everything with her. I see. And, and wasn't there, didn't your family have a horse that was named Hannah? Wasn't there one named after you? Yeah, I was born like three months before Hannah was and the vet clinic just decided to name her Hannah and we're like, well, we already have a Hannah. So we just (laughs) called it kind of, we just named her Hannah too. (laughs) I, I see. So from, from the morning you wake up to go into the show arena till you hit the show arena, give us a little in look of, of what your duties are. Are you in the wash rack? Are you braiding? What's a typical morning of a show for you? I'm usually in the wash rack. I'm always put on to washing the feathers. That's my job. And then usually I've been learning how to braid. Like I can braid. I'm just not that good at it, but I'm quickly learning. So I got my dad, like I'll help my dad braid a tail and I was kind of help when I, whenever they need it. So. I see. And, and when you're, mm-hmm. when you're going to these shows and, and traveling, I know the biggest downer that most people say is that you don't get much sleep and this and that, but even <laughs> when you're sleep deprived, what's the excitement at a show level? I mean, is your heart just racing? Is it when you're ready to go for the show arena, whether you're driving or riding or just heading for the horses, it's in your blood. Yeah, like usually I am only, I'm running on like five hours of sleep. I'm exhausted, but right when I hit the show ring, I'm awake. I'm ready to go. I'm not tired at all. So yeah. And and so, what's your show schedule like this summer? Where where are we going to find you? Um, I'll be at Iroquois the July twenty first. I think yeah. my home and my then, hometown. Um, yeah. Yes. Yes. I'll be there. I'll be showing mini ponies there. 
And then I might be going to Crown Point. I'm not sure. And then Illinois State Fair, Ducoin, and then I'll have two county fairs at in Cape Girardeau, Missouri that I'm going wow. to. Wow. So, and then you, you mentioned earlier you're going to college in uh, Missouri. And yes. I, I think when we talk about a well-rounded young lady, you also have an exciting job that you're working this summer. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, yes. I'm an intern for the Illinois Department of Ag. I'm in the executive office, so that's where the director and the deputy director are. So I mostly just kind of help them out when it, when needed. And my big project now is I'm taking pictures of every single building on the Illinois State Fairgrounds, and I'm making like a directory of all the buildings for the director. Wow. And I know your grandma's really proud because she told me the other day, Hannah, Hannah has her own office. <laughs> so she was excited. So are you getting yeah. a different are you getting a different view of agriculture because I know you literally grew up at the Illinois State Fair you're just a few miles from there and you've probably been going there since you were born but are you getting a new look at how everything works from being in the executive office Yes I mean everything's so much different cuz I've never worked at a place like that so it's just kind of like a learning experience for me Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate you being with us. And, and as we said, that documentary showcasing that, you know, that where you want to be, you, you don't know whether you're going to be on the, on the farm or on the hitch, but Clydesdales are definitely in your future. Yes. Thank and you for having me. Well, you're very welcome. And one last question, because we're going to ask everybody this, who has been your best influencer or mentor or, or who has kind of helped mold you to be who you are today? I think my uncle Grant has been because he kind of taught me how to drive and get me into the horses. But I also think I'm going to have to say Reese Mangles because I had no confidence at all going into the show ring and he really helped me out with that. Right. And Reese is as well. Reese is a good guy. And he's the one that told me, he said, yeah, mm-hmm. Hannah just came along and we've decided that she's staying and there's just no choice with her. So, you know, Reese, <laughs> Reese, Reese is showing, um, perturance now. So does he ever rib you about the Clydesdales in the, in the feather leg? Oh my gosh. All the time. He's like, yeah, you need to get away from those Clydesdales. I'm like, no, I can't. <laughs> it's in your blood. It's in the blood. I know. Well, yeah. All right. Well, we want to thank you so much for being a part of our show. And we know that you truly are uh, a young lady that has her eyes on her future and and that draft horses are going to be in it. And we look forward to seeing the show arena. Thank you for having me. And Hannah, what we'll do too, Jennifer, if you could post the uh, link to Hannah's uh, documentary on YouTube, then everybody can see what we're talking about and all of her horses. And uh, it was, it was good. So uh, I think we should share it so everybody can see it. Thanks, Hannah. Yeah, thank you. She's so nice, and in the video, you can tell she just loves the horses. And you know, Ab- she, and absolutely, and, and it also anybody with light horses will get an appreciation of trying to get a very large horse out of a field with six other ho- large horses who are all <laughs> deciding to play at the same time. It's yeah. quite a challenge. <laughs> so. it, I, I noticed that the gate is only yes. one horse wide, and yes. they all try to get through. And it. they all try. And, and it, it was it was interesting. How many do you have? You have eleven, right? We have 11 of them at home, yeah. How well, many will you put them, in a pasture together? Um, right now, our biggest pasture has two 
draft horses in it, and then our two donkeys. Because we live in coyote country, and believe uh, it or not, the donkeys are the best um, means of keeping the coyotes away. Especially, will the coyotes try and take down a draft horse? Oh, the foals. They'll come after uh, the, the foals. foals. Yeah, I forgot yeah. 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 So in our pasture that's closest to the woods, we have um, our two yearlings and our two donkeys are in it. But the mare and foal, you know, we hear those donkeys. They're like the alarm clock. They wake us up all the time, but they are the best protection out there. So we have we have a big farm. We live on 100 acres. So um, about so 25 of it's. Yep. They're yeah. spread out. And we had that first oh, issue about we had the stallion and we thought it'd be fun to have our own stallion. But that kind of. Didn't turn out to be so much fun. <laughs> no, no, plain and simple, not very fun. So we had gelding day at the farm, and <laughs> so now they're all running together. And, and we had a party, a party time. <laughs> Champagne. That's, Everybody was celebrating, uh, but him. <laughs> exactly, he was not a happy camper. Let me tell you. <laughs> you know, it is interesting too. We used to have a big boarding stable, and you know, when you got more than six, seven horses out there of whatever size, uh, and you're going out to the gate, and they're all deciding that it's time to play and carry on. It's intimidating. I don't care what size they are. Uh, so when, when I saw her in that pack, just separating them all, I was like, yep, she's a tough horse girl. But she never gave up. That's what nope. I had to laugh. She's like, hey, and she was keep so the patient. camera. You can tell keep, she was so keep patient. Keep the camera rolling. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's great. Well, America is once again hosting the greatest of events for the world's most popular draft horse. The World Percheron Congress is returning to Iowa on, on October 8th through the 13th in 2018 at the historic Iowa State Fairgrounds. The World Percheron Congress celebrates and honors the great breeds, versatility, power, athleticism, and intelligence. It will be a worldwide celebration with breed ambassadors coming from South America, Australia, Great Britain, Germany, and the breed's homeland of France. Exhibitors will come from all points of North America to compete in plowing, farm team classes, horse pools, riding and youth classes, barrel racing, and feed team races. Uh, also, a celebrity driving competition, which I participated in the last time, not to mention enormous confirmation classes, a full fraturity, and a colossal hitch class from carts to eight horse hitches. By the way, I didn't do so well in the, uh, I didn't come in last. You tried. I did. I came in like third, I think. The final evening will feature the second World Percheron Congress Drive for the Cure Charity Cart Class. In recognition of Breast Cancer Awareness Month, exhibitors will turn the Jacobson Center into a pink, a pink center instead of just uh, the the usual. So it's going to be pink everywhere. And drive their carts to raise funds for the National Breast Cancer Foundation and to aid in the fight against breast cancer. The Pertron Horse Association of America invites you and your family to come be part of the largest gathering of Pertron draft horses anywhere, anytime. Expect to have a great time, be impressed, and even uh, you can count on making memories that will last a lifetime. For more details or to buy your uh, World Pertron Congress wear, visit the website at worldpertroncongress.us. That's worldpertroncongress.us. And on Facebook, just search for World Pertron Congress. You know, I I think it doesn't matter whether you have ever seen a draft horse before or if you've even ever seen draft horses before, the World uh, Pertron Congress is, is, is so cool to attend. It's just so neat. It uh, is. 
it, and you know we're bringing it back to the Midwest, back to to Des Moines at the Iowa State Fairgrounds, and we had a great time when we were out east. But bringing it back to the Midwest, you draw a crowd that the Jacobson Center will be filled every single night. I mean, there will be standing room only. And when we're crowning those champions, that place just comes alive. And you talked about that Drive for the Cure class. It, it is probably one of the emotional classes I've ever had a chance to announce. Um, the Pertrans put their money towards breast cancer research with Drive for the Cure. The, the World Clydesdale Show is going to have a, a class that is dedicated to charity, too, and, and that's the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Oh, cool. And those two One classes are the most emotional classes because when you're at the Pertrand Congress and, and Drive for the Cure, you'll see everybody come in in their pink. The horses will be decorated in pink. The drivers will be decorated. But a lot of times, I know when we were out east, they had survivors or they were driving in memory and what a touching class. And, and just to see these people getting a ride and getting the spotlight on them. And it, it, it's a very emotional class and, and the Clydesdale store, we're very honored. We designed the drive for the cure t-shirt. So if you don't already have yours, make sure to go online and, and support it. The proceeds all of it goes to breast cancer research. It's, you know, they're taking all the profits and, and donating them right back. And we just got the silicone pink bracelets. So we'll be selling those as well for just $5. And that helps um, their embossed with Drive for the Cure and the World Pertrand Congress. And for $5, I, I'm still wearing mine from the World Pertrand Congress in 2014. <laughs> so it's something that you can and buy and, and not only be a part of that world show, but also help a great charity. Uh, speaking of the Clydesdale store and more, I uh, we're both wearing our shirts you sent us. So thank you for that. I'm wearing it right now. I posted a picture of me in it on Facebook, on our Horses in the Morning Facebook page. A very well, patriotic I, for uh, the 4th of July, too. Absolutely. That was one of our best sellers with the, with the flag, with the draft horse. And we have it in Pertrand, Clydesdale, and uh, Belgians. And so it was... Uh, it was, it's a neat shirt, and I thought when I saw that, I need to send those down to you and Jen. You you deserve a, a little gift in the mail. So it's like Christmas, isn't it, when you go to the mailbox? That's right. Yeah, it was fun. I was like, what a, wait a minute. What, a, what is this? <laughs> so I'm wearing it today. I'm representing. I'm representing the draft world as I'm standing here at my microphone. Awesome. Well, well the client's still... The Clydesdale store and more is, is doing phenomenal. And, and I thank everybody that's been supportive. Our new website. I know we've been talking about that darn website since we started. It's finally up. The orders are coming <laughs> off of the website. So I feel like I've jumped I did a harass major... her a little bit about that <laughs> over the last year. But we do have to say, like Lisa, I you say, know, it helps to have a way for people actually to buy your stuff. <laughs> like... Well, it was getting confusing because they were emailing me orders. They were Facebooking and, and I'm like, Oh my, we we need a central location. So it was all good. But um, anybody that shares for that, by the way, it is www.theclydesdalestoreandmore.com. Okay. And anybody that shares our posts, if you're not already liking us on Facebook, go to Heavy Horses in the Morning and, and like our page. And if you share our post about all of our upcoming guests, we put you in a random drawing to win a prize package. So excited winners for this episode. Peggy Mosier. Peggy is from Illinois. Pat McCary, uh, born in the Clydesdale family from Michigan. He is our second winner. And then Donna, Donna Percival is from Michigan as well. And she's a diehard Percheron fan. So Donna, Peggy and Pat, I will be getting in touch with you to find out some sizes and sending you a prize pack from the Clydesdale store and more. 
Sounds terrific. Well, this is the point of the show where I put you on mute and don't let you talk. Um, because you're going to want to answer all the questions I have for this next guest, and it, that's not your job, okay? Okay, so okay. I, I'm going to try to be good. You sit there and be a good girl, and I know that's hard for you not to talk because you're an announcer. That's what you're supposed to do. He's been, he's been warned. Do not embarrass <laughs> me. <laughs> your job is to not stop talking. Well, here you have to stop talking. Okay. Right, because we have another junior coming on the show, and that is your son, Austin, is joining us. Hi, Austin. Hey, how's it going this morning? Good. I promised I wasn't going to let her talk. Would that help? Uh, is that going to help? No, that'd be a huge help. Oh, good. <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> I've been a son. I know what that's like. <laughs> so, Austin, you you and your mom run the farm out there, and we just talked about the fact that you have 11 horses. Uh, when, when did she drag you into the horse thing? I don't know if she drug me into it. I kind of kind of seen it, what was going on. I wanted to do it and I more or less drug her into it. If it makes sense. Like I was the one that wanted to have all the horses at the farm. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so yeah. what'd you start with? What, tell us about, I always want to know, especially with, with uh, teenagers, what was your first horse that was yours? Uh, well, we bought a farm team when I was like 10 years old for like, they were old and next to nothing. And we like, we just got the team and set a harness for, you know, next to nothing for money wise. And I drove them every day after school. They were like 20 years old, but I drove them way too much, you know, and drove them up and down the road and drove them to every piece of equipment I had at the farm, you know, and then, uh, we got a hold of a Clyde gelding somehow. I don't remember how that all happened. We more or less rescued him. And that was, uh, threw me for a whirl, you know, so we had a three-year-old colt that kept hooking with, uh, with the Pertrans and doing things I probably shouldn't have, you know, hooking the unicorn with, uh, with uh, tarp straps as my lines and stuff like that. So <laughs> it sounds, it sounds very MacGyver. Yeah. Um, so, did, oh yeah. <laughs> did, you know, unicorn's so much fun though, isn't it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I know my co-host of the driving show has competed all the way up to uh, foreign hands at the CDEs. She, her favorite hitch is still unicorn. She loves doing the unicorns. Um, so now, oh, you're, yeah. when are you all? Do you have some Percherons still in the farm, or is it all Clydesdales at this point? No, well, there's. I'm trying to think here. There's two Percheron broodmares and a two-year-old gelding, a yearling gelding, and then a yearling filly. Oh, and then a weanling filly at the house too. Percherons, and then there's only two Clyde yearling studs at home. Gotcha. Do you have a favorite, or are they all? You can't pick a favorite because they're your kids. I, you know, even I can't really say that because quality is number one for me. Like I've worked with so many of them. A good one is still my favorite of any other breeds, you know? Right. Yeah. So how do you fit everything in? I mean, you're going to school, you're, you're very active in, in the show world. Your mom drags you all over the place because she's just gone all the time. So how do you fit it all in? How do you, you know, how do you keep it up? It's, it's hard at times, but everyone around me, like even the school, my family, everybody knows that uh, the horses are number one in my life. And being as best as I possibly can is my goal. Like to be number one for me is the goal, you know, but like as far as school, like our school has been really good. Cause we, I go to like my graduating class is going to have 19 kids in it or something like what? that. So really, uh, yeah, very, very, yeah, very, very small. Wow. And the guidance, like the principal and the guidance counselor told me freshman year that, you know, 
their goal is to make, you know, students succeed in life after high school. And all those other kids that are going to be in school are going to go to college to go learn something that they're going to do for the rest of their life. But my college is happening right now. So they said they told, they'll be, you know, 100% with me to let me do whatever I need to do. Do you know, you know, and your mom kind of indicated before the show how many days of school you actually do miss a year. Do you realize that if you weren't going to that school and you were at a bigger suburban school, they, you would, your mom would be in jail <laughs> right now. She would be, they would have oh, arrested yeah. her a long a time ago. <laughs> so, <laughs> But that's great. But I do hear, too, that you're, you're pretty good grades. You're maintaining that. I guess so. <laughs> Still on the honor roll. Don't know how, but I'm there. Yeah, yeah. I, I was on the honor roll too, and I always thought they must be they, they their criteria must be really low for me to be on the <laughs> honor roll. That's what I always thought. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what what do you like driving the best? Do you like singles? Do you like teams when you're competing? What do you like the best? Oh, like my favorite thing is driving at home. Like I love uh, I love training. I guess my number one, like I like showing it, the shows and driving the multiples and all that. But my favorite thing is like driving Colts and stuff like that, like braking. That's, it's always throws you for a whirl. That's my favorite thing. Well, that's pretty cool at the age of, uh, what are you, 17 now? At the age of 17 to be braking Colts. Yeah. You know, that that's something that's uh, really cool. So what, what's been the toughest thing for you along the road here to maintain the horse thing, to maintain the school thing? What's been the toughest thing? Well, like the toughest thing as far as the horses, like, I guess not every problem has a solution that's easy to find. That's probably the biggest one I can think of. Like, if I have a problem with a horse, I can call five different people and they can all give me a different answer and none of those might work on that horse. You know, that horse just has something different that he needs for himself to succeed in what you're asking him to do. Well, not all horses want to do, we've learned this in, you know, over the years, not all horses want to do what you had in mind for them is not necessarily what they, what they really are good at or want to do, right? I mean, how many times have we taken yeah. a, a horse that uh, we thought were, was going to be a dressage horse and they ended up jumping because they just didn't like dressage? You know, they tell you, don't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you can definitely tell. Maybe if it's not on day one, you can definitely tell by the time you're like by the time you have them figured out, you can know what they're wanting to do. Who who has been your you can you don't have to say your mom you can if you want to, but who has been your biggest influence? <laughs> <laughs> biggest influence. Shut up, mom. Who has been your biggest influence through the years in the horse world? Well, Austin, before you answer that question, I am going to, we're going to have to take a break. We've lost your mom. I don't know what happened to her. I don't know if a chuck wagon went by and she hopped on up there in Calgary. I don't know what's going on. So we're going to take a break for a song and we're going to come back because I want her to hear your answer about who your biggest influence was. Uh, I want her to hear that. So, <laughs> so I have a song for you. It's Lexi Larson singing He's on a John Deere. We'll be right back in a couple of minutes.
So, Austin, I asked you the question. We can answer it now. She's back. And you don't have to say her. But who was, who's been your biggest influence in the horse <laughs> world? Um, thinking about this question has been the hardest one so far because there's so many people that have helped me. And I try to walk into every situation trying to learn something from anybody just to make myself as best as I can with other people's knowledge. Um, <clears throat> but number one, like he's been with me for a couple of years now, and he really showed me a lot, is Travis Fox from Indiana. Um, I've been riding with him for the past couple of months, shoeing and showing a draft pony hitch, and he showed me a lot about driving, a lot about shoeing, and just being a horseman in general. That's so important, but, too, and uh, I, think, I, I think a lot of uh, people now uh, who show even go to the barn and th- they they ride and then they go home. They're not taking care of the horses. They're not doing any of the care of the horses. And I think, you know, we've talked about this before in the show, that horsemanship is sometimes missed with the teenagers coming up today. Yeah. Whereas you're getting, you're kind of getting a well-rounded version of that. We wake up in the morning. We wake up in the morning to shoe, you know, do chores, clean stalls, shoe, and drive and do it all over again the next day for months on a time, you know, it's just, I've learned a lot about being a better horseman from him. Well, good, good. Anybody else? Well, like there's, there's three big people that have like three other people that have showed me a lot more than I can even express. But, um, Kyle love is another one. He, uh, he currently is working at Greenwood farms in Michigan. And he has showed me a lot about being a trainer and being a fitter and like just getting horses ready for the show ring. Um, showed me a lot of different training techniques, which I'm very appreciative because I use them every day at home. Um, Glenn Lewis, Glenn Lewis has been a huge help for me. Um, just being a good, you know, figure to look up towards, you know, as far as breeding and shoeing. And then again, just getting horses ready and being a horseman. He showed me a lot. And lastly, Wayne Waring um, has been a huge help for me too. Cause he's always one phone call away if I ever need anything. So anything horse related, he can help me with, which is great. Well, now, uh, Lisa, I'm going to let you ask a couple of questions now, and hopefully you're still there. Um, or, you know, what I originally thought there, Austin, was she didn't like one of your answers and she hung up. That's what I thought at first. <laughs> <laughs> no, I couldn't hear. I was kidding. And I don't, I don't know if you've asked him this question, but one thing that I was extremely proud of is Austin was working with at our National Clyde Stuff Sale. Austin was born in March of 2000. The Clyde Sale was in April of 2000. So he was barely a month old when he went to his first Clyde Stuff Sale. And he's missed only one because prom, two years ago, prom was on the same time as, as that. And yeah, he, girls he will do that to you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But this year, he was looking at horses, and he, he, he's always on the Internet looking at horses for sale. And I think you can look. Go ahead. But that doesn't mean anything. So he found a mare that he liked, and, and Austin's very big into pedigrees. He's always... You can ask him any breed, what horse is sired or where they're from, and, and he can tell you. And he was so excited. He found this mare, and he kept saying, don't you know she's a Merlin granddaughter? And don't you know what Merlin put a stamp on? And he had to have her. So, you know, he she's a Merlin daughter. Merlin, Merlin daughter. daughter. Um, 
so she was kind of a diamond in the rough. Some of our neighbors had her and they were getting out of the Clydesdale industry and he bought her and just watching him and, and m- m- her name was Malia, watching them work together. Um, and she went to the sale and I know I was just as nervous. I was up on the block and he's in the arena and I was just as nervous, but she bought almost $10,000. So that's a pretty good start to his, I'm sure the money's all gone because in the meantime, he buys more, but <laughs> that's kind of satisfying for me. And I know for Austin too, because, you know, he really worked on headset and worked on uh, action. And like you said, he made tons of phone calls, got tips from a lot of people. And I mean, Austin, what was, that was probably one of your biggest thrills was taking Malia to the arena. Yeah, that was definitely probably the biggest, uh, that was my biggest achievement so far, I think, in the horse world. Because, like, she wasn't close to that three months before. Like, she wasn't worth near that much three months before. You know, she a lot of work took her into that. Well, and that's so satisfying when, when you can be the one to take them to that point and then send them on. But, you know, you're sending them on in good shape and well-trained. It, that's, that is satisfying. That, that's uh, one of the coolest yeah, things. Yeah, and I just seen do. her two weeks ago at, uh, I just seen her two weeks ago in Centerville, Michigan, um, with Paul Snyder's outfit of crushing trance. And she, they used her in the ladies' cart, and she, she looked amazing in the cart, like they were happy they bought her. And were you a proud papa? After. Oh yeah, <laughs> I watched the whole class. <laughs> Bet you did. I bet you did. Well, this has been fun having you on. <clears throat> I know you guys actually have to get ready because uh, you're going to be starting one of the biggest shows that happens in this continent uh, here over the next couple of days. You and about, uh, what, a million of your friends. So, uh, and, and Austin probably hates this show, too, because there's probably no good-looking girls there at all in <laughs> Calgary this weekend. Right, Austin? <laughs> I played the fifth. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> Keep doing that, Austin. It'll come in handy later. So thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. And, and have fun this weekend. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. <laughs> That's, was it weird hearing him get interviewed? It is, and I and I don't know where he's at, but yeah, it's a little that's a little weird. And it's funny, Austin has never lost for words, and I and I think all of our guests today were a little gun shy about really talking because if you go to any of these events and state fairs, county fairs, you see these kids. It really is a humbling experience to see that they are the future because. Well, you know, with each other, they don't shut up, right? Them. I mean, with each other, they're like like. They <laughs> Right. And we've got to remember, they really are going to be the future. And sadly to say, a lot of the numbers are down at the shows. You know, I don't know if it's the economy or if it's, I, I don't know what it, what it is, but a lot of the shows, the numbers are, are down. And we've got to remember that, you know, for me in 20 years, I'm going to be the old person. I'm going to be the old one. And these are the future. These are the ones that are going to be either continuing with the family hitches or working the commercial hitches or you know, like Hannah, she has it set. She knows she's going to be at Budweiser. She doesn't know she's going to be at the farm or on the hitch, but she knows where she wants to be. And the same way uh, with Bailey. Bailey grew up, she's a multi-generation draft horse person. So we know horses are always going to be in her future. And the same thing with Austin. You know, everybody says to me, he is going to college, right? And, you know, he, he 
I doubt he will probably go to college. I'm going to encourage him to go get something else, but I know that horses are going to be a part of his life. And he's, he's very fortunate. We live uh, on our family farm and, and my grandfather farmed with horses. So I have a barn full of horse equipment and it's neat to see him get a plow out or get a disc out or a cultivator that, you know, my family used on the farm to see that that tradition can still carry on. And, and, and so I think we have a lot of a great use and picking three as our guests was hard because there's a multitude of exhibitors that, that we could have talked to, but you know, we, we, we showcase three very different today, either that are growing up on a farm or live in city and drive out to the farm or somebody that's multi-generation. We tend to hit all corners today. You know, if I if I had kids right now that were getting into the age where they were college age, you know, I wouldn't discourage them from going to college, but if they were crafty at all, I would encourage them to go to a technical school because the money here in the future is going to be in plumbers and electricians and cabinet makers because there's so few of them now. Um, right. And, and you know, so the fact that if he doesn't, I never did go to college either, you know, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing to go to college. I think it's a good thing, but I don't think it's a bad thing if you choose another route and make a way for yourself either. I don't think everybody has to right. go, is my opinion. And I, I know all the moms right. out there are probably mad at me now. But um. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, Austin shoes a lot, usually three or four days a week after school. He's shoeing, whether it's live horses trimming or, or shoeing. He has some draft horse clients. And, and he'll say, he goes, you know, Mom, I have friends that are working at McDonald's or Burger King, and I can go shoe one horse and make what they're making you know, in, in a week. And I said, but you got to remember, you got to do this. You got to work with your back, but think with your head because, yeah, because you don't want to be gives out in about, Yeah. Gives out in 15 years. Exactly. <laughs> you got to be doing exactly. something else. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the, one of the auctions that is a favorite and dear to my heart is the Pennsylvania draft horse sale. We bought, uh, my last purchase on I had, we bought at the Pennsylvania draft horse sale. It is coming up again. It's always in January. It's always in the winter at the, in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. It's a January 16th and the 17th, 200 to 250 head of above average Belgian and Percheron draft horses are sold annually with the occasional Clydesdale thrown in there. Consignments include horses for show, pleasure and work, uh, bred mares and young mares, young and breeding age stallions and good geldings. This unique venue, and it's held right in Harrisburg at the Farm Show Arena. Uh, there are three different sales going on at once. That's one of the other things I like about the Pennsylvania sale is they, you know, they've done halflingers in the past. They've done, you know, carriage horses in the past, light horses. They do all kinds of horses. Well, next time coming up, they have draft horses, standard breads, and crossbred harness horses that are sold under harness, exhibiting their way of going. They, and they also have Morgan horses. So they have a little bit of everything if you're a driver. You you can see the best draft horses in the entire country there. It's a great way to spend two winter days. It's indoors, so you don't have to worry about that. It's in a very large arena there in Harrisburg. You know, you go there all the time, so uh, it's, a, it's a fun place to go. Consignment deadline is November 15th to, to consign. Uh, you can just uh, find out all the details at thepadrafthorsesale.com, thepadrafthorsesale.com for all of the information. I kind of miss going there every year. Uh, I've tortured a few non-horsey friends into coming when we went to the sales and sitting with us all day. Uh, I can tell you that we really didn't convince them to become horsey after sitting through about a thousand horses going through the auction. Um, but we, we, we had, did have a good time. 
The one, you'll laugh at this, because we were neophytes in the draft horse world. We had, you know, Jennifer showed all our life. We'd been in horses forever. But we were neophytes with draft horses. We buy this 18-hand Percheron, and we get him out. He was only 18 months old, and he was just about that big. We get him out to load him, and he just was not getting on the trailer. <clears throat> so he just wasn't doing it. Yeah, he wasn't doing it. He wasn't having any parts of it. This Amish guy walks up and says, do you want some help? And normally, you know, you, you discourage people from helping you load horses because sometimes that ends up going really badly or it, it makes the situation right. worse. But in his case, I went, sure. <laughs> and he walked him right on, just right on the trailer. That was it. He walked out and said, there you go. And uh, that's how we got our first, uh, our, our second, actually, Percheron onto a trailer. But that was all at the Pennsylvania what was that? I know Harrisburg is kind of like your home, your home yes. ground. Yeah. But the big farm show is the week before this, so if you, you know, you're retired or or you love the horses and, and competitions, go watch the show at the farm show. They have a great draft horse competition, and then the next week, all these sale horses move in, and like you said, it's all under one roof. Um, great facility. Um, kind of a hard time of the year. You never know whether you're going to get snowed in or snowed out, but always good folks running running both the farm show and this sale and great time. I don't know that Jennifer would let me go now, to be honest, Lisa. Uh, she, if you'd be afraid, you'd get a bitter yeah, snapper and you'd be I think she'd duct tape my hands behind my back. I think it's what she'd do if I ever um, went again. Well, speaking, speaking of Pennsylvania, we have to give a shout out to um, Horse Progress Days, which was last weekend. They had a tremendous event. I was watching some, I couldn't get there, but I was watching a lot of the coverage and like the 20 mule hitch was there. They, they reenacted that. That was amazing. And just watching 10 and 15 horses on, on the plows and the disc and showing the modernization of the horse-drawn equipment, it, it was something. The poor people got hit with some bad weather. Mother Nature was not kind to them. It, it did get real ugly for a little bit. Um, but, man, that horse progress phase. I know they're already making plans for the next one and, and it rotates all across the the Midwest. So we'll be excited to see where the next one's going to be. But Dale Stolstis was one of our first guests and did a great job promoting the Horse Progress Days. Why don't you tell us about the events coming up and we'll wrap up the show. All right. Well, we do. We are in the heart of draft horse season. Um, like I said, I am coming to you live from Calgary Stampede. That is running up through the 10th for the draft horse competition. July 8th through the 9th is the Murray Class the Murray County Classic Draft Horse Show in Slayton, Minnesota. And that's where I guess Bailey said that her and her uncle Brad were heading to Slayton, a great draft horse show. July 8th through the 9th is the LaPorte County Fair, the draft horse show in LaPorte, Indiana. We've had those good folks on our show as well. One of the biggest youth competitions and 4-H shows in the country. And again, they'll be judging their draft horse show July 8th through the 9th. Uh, the Colorado Draft Horse Mule and Carriage Association auction is in Brighton, Colorado. That will be the 14th and the 15th of July. Again, that's a great way out west to showcase some good horses always going through that Colorado Draft Horse and Mule auction in Brighton, Colorado. The Delaware County Fair in Manchester, Iowa, July 16th and 17th. The Saratoga County Fair, that is out in New York, if you're out on the East Coast, Saratoga County Fair, the Draft Horse Show, is July 18th through the 21st. Moving back to Minnesota, Rochester, Minnesota, the Olmsted County Fair Draft Horse Show, July 27th through the 30th. 
And my next show will be the Scott County Draft Horse Show in Jordan, Minnesota, July 28th to the 30th. One of the biggest, the largest number for draft horses um, will be there in Jordan, Minnesota. It's put on in part by Ames Pertrin. They do a great job, Dick Ames and his crew. This, I'm telling you, Glenn, is one show that if you're looking to go see quality and quantity, I remember there's been 18 and 19, eight horse hitches mm. in the arena at one time for final judging. Uh, I remember years we'd have 25, six horse hitches. So wow. a great show in Jordan, Minnesota. It's a, it's a county fair, but like I said, Dick Ames with the Ames Pertron, he kind of spearheads that, and it's a tremendous show. We do want to remind you, if you have a particular breed that you like, the national shows are coming to a state fair near you. The Indiana State Fair this year will host the National Belgian Show. It will be also home to the National Clydesdale Show. We moved to Iowa State Fair. This year, Iowa is home to the Pertrin National Show as well as the National Shire Show. So find Indiana or the Iowa State Fairs, and you can come see some nationals where the champions for the year will be crowned. So lots of good county fairs, state fairs, and events all across this great country. Very good. And, of course, you can subscribe to the Draft Horse Journal at drafthorsejournal.com. They are the sponsors of this particular episode and the presenting sponsor. We appreciate Lynn and all of his efforts over there at the Draft Horse Journal putting this show together every single month. He does a great job. He is the best, most efficient person at putting our production notes together before the show of anybody we deal with. Absolutely. Period. He's one of the most organized people I've ever met. So, Lynn, good job. Thank you so much. And if you don't have a subscription to the Draft Horse Journal, you need to pick one up. I was looking at it uh, this week. It was sitting at breakfast every morning reading. So uh, lots of good stuff in there. And you want to go to drafthorsejournal.com to find that. You can visit uh, Lisa at the Clydesdale store and more.com. And for today's links to the guests, go to horsesinthemorning.com. You'll find all the information that YouTube video we talked about earlier in the show. You can find that there as well. We also have a Facebook page, Horses in the Morning. You started a new one too. Tell us about that, a new Facebook page just for this show. We did. We have Heavy Horses in the Morning, and you can find us on Facebook again, Heavy Horses in the Morning. And we're just going to start recapping some of the guests and that we've had, and we always bring you a preview uh, of the guests that are going to come to the next episode. And we're going to do some exciting things for August because that will be our one-year anniversary. Very good. Sounds terrific. And, of course, all the shows on the Horse Radio Network can be found. There's 14 of them now. Can be found on iPhone or Android. Just search for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. Download our free app. It's a simple and easy way to listen. Or on iTunes or any of your podcast players, you'll find all of our shows. Something I don't mention too often, but I'll mention here, is if you do listen to more than one of our shows on the Horse Radio Network, we have a Horse Radio Network All Shows feed. So if you search in iTunes or, or wherever you listen to podcasts, just search for Horse Radio Network. It'll come up. Horse Radio Network all shows. Every episode of every show, which is 80 of them last month, uh, will show up on that, and it just makes it a little easier than having them separate. Well, Lisa, we're going to let you get to the Calgary Stampede. Have fun up there. All right. Well, we're excited, and stay tuned on Facebook. We'll be posting some pictures. Very good. And yeah, we definitely want to see pictures, uh, you know, and I'll try and repost whatever pictures I can. So if I see you posting, I'll try and repost them over on our Horses in the Morning page as well. So have fun and uh, have a good time and eat some funnel cake for me, okay? I will. I'll go get one just for you for breakfast. (laughs) 
funnel cake for breakfast. Perfect. <laughs> Put some ice cream on it too. 